This story was recorded on November 17, 2018, at a storytelling festival at the Connecticut Valley Tobacco Museum. The views expressed are those of the storyteller, not the museum. So if you could just first say your name and where you're from, now that we're recording. Deborah Spencer, Lakeland, Florida. Wonderful. And, and are you from, how did you get involved in the tobacco industry here in Connecticut? I, I was raised in Glastonbury. Oh, okay. So maybe could you tell me kind of the year you got involved and how you got involved? 1967. I was 14. My brother was a straw boss. He worked tobacco also. Um, money, an opportunity to go and out and do something different. And so that's basically how I started doing it. Um, and I continued to do it because it was... Um, a very different kind of job, interfacing with a lot of different kinds of people in very difficult situations. So how did you get your job and where did you work? I must have gotten my job because my association with my brother, because he had already worked tobacco. Um, I worked in Glastonbury, Simsbury, Windsor. So uh, what was a typical day in your life like in tobacco? Well, we got up very early, um, got dressed in long sleeves. Everything was protective clothing, so we wouldn't get, you know, burned, you know, it was hot. Um, I think it was 6 o'clock when we got on the bus. A bus picked us up, but I'm not quite sure. Um, got to the whatever barn they were going to send us, and we started, we sewed. And, you know, we, we strung the, and we twisted the tobacco so it wouldn't, it would um, not have the moisture in it and mildew. And then we hung it is what we did. Hmm. So were you using a sewing machine? Uh, what a, that was terrible because I don't, you know, you, it's a sewing machine. Um, and it was kind of dangerous. Um, sometimes I used a sewing machine. And other times you did it by hand? And then we did it by hand. Mm -hmm. So did somebody teach you? Because presumably you didn't, you hadn't done it before, right? No, and I certainly didn't sew before. Um, some, there were people there, there that facilitated some kind of training, um, but most, we were busy. I mean, we were on a, a piecemeal kind of situation where we had to get the stuff done. Um, so it was pretty fast. Um, and I think mostly we learned from watching the person next to us. Now, you said your job was, was dangerous and you saw a lot of things. Can you tell some stories about kind of what you remember from your time? Um, well, understand that, so I'm going to set the scene here, because there were kids from farm girls from Pennsylvania that were bussed in, and then there was migrant workers from Puerto Rico, um, the situation there was very dynamic. Um, there was a lot of, um, cultural differences, um, the way, um, women were treated and we were in a situation in fields and in barns. So there were some situations there that nowadays it would be harassment. Um, are you comfortable sharing any specifics? Oh, <laughs> well, um, I learned a lot of Spanish that year, um, uh, inappropriate language, um, and um, there was some, I, let's see how I, inappropriate kind of gestures and touching kind of thing. Actually, the second year I worked there, I was fired because I told a guy, you, I, you can't do that. 
Yeah. So somebody harassed you and you told them off? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Probably in two different languages at that point. Um, Yeah, you had to protect yourself. Um, There were straw bosses that worked hard that were supposed to oversee the workers. Some slept in the fields. I mean, it was hot. It was so horribly hot. Um, So the women... um, we had the town girls from, well, I was from Glastonbury, and there were other girls. And then you had the, the farm girls from Pennsylvania. So that was another learning experience um, because they were there because they wanted to get out of where they were in Pennsylvania. It was an opportunity for them to get away from home, to make some money, to live in a, you know, they had like dorms set up for, the, for them. Um, so they had a different perspective on what they were doing than the people that lived here. Yeah. So did you get al- did you guys get along with them or did you was there any like socializing outside work? They or? they were amazing women, girls. They they worked hard. They were there. They knew they were there to make money. They had to um it was a livelihood for them. Um we didn't really socialize. They didn't allow for that. We w- worked, and then after work, we got on a bus, and they sent us home. I think that the people that lived there, I think they had some socialization. I think they were allowed to go to the movies and things like that that were monitored. So they were living in the dorms. Yeah. 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 Hmm. They, they didn't go home with us. I mean, it wasn't a situation where I could invite somebody home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So what else do you remember about your time how long did you work in tobacco and, and what was, kind of? It was two years. Um, it was very dirty, very hot, um, tobacco worms. Um, we were very, this is the concern, I guess. And nowadays, what we know about tobacco and the nicotine, we were permeated with, with tobacco juice. And our skin, our hair, everything was just tobacco stained every day, every mm. day. Um, and I remember my parents would take kerosene and try to get, you know, try to get the stuff off. Um, and, and enough, when my brother first started, we had a pool. So the first thing he had to do was jump in the pool before he could go in the house because of the chlorine. Um, the tobacco worms were a problem, but, um, they were just worms. I mean, they wouldn't hurt you. Um, we wor- we figured we worked under conditions the weather we worked whether it rained whether you know it was really cold not really so much cold but when you're sweating and it's 100 and something degrees under those nets you get cold if it gets cold um but we were it was a piecemeal situation so that we had to get so much done within a certain amount of time all the time you know that's how we got paid and made a Buck twenty five an hour, and I work six days a week. That's a lot. I didn't make a lot of money, but I made what I did was had an opportunity to meet people from different cultures, different places. Where Glastonbury was, at that time was like a cow town, isolated, you know. So it really gave us some global awareness and understanding of what it's really truly like to work, you know, on, you know, like on an assembly line kind of thing, like with the industrial, you know, revolution where where they did that kind of stuff. So that was in itself was very valuable. Mm. And it taught, I think all of us what work was, 
You know, we had a good work ethic. Um, and um, it wasn't a glamorous job. I mean, we were we were gross. We were grubby. But it was a day's work. When we got home, we were tired, and we knew we did good. Yeah. You know? How do you need to instill that on a kid that's 14? Nowadays, do you have that? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know? mean, how did that impact the rest of your life? Well... I think with the situation with the migrant workers that there were some issues. Now, there, most of them were very nice, okay, with the single the incident that I had. I, I really had a curiosity about people from different cultures and different worlds. And I did learn start learning Spanish when I was in third grade, so I knew some. And I went on to learn more languages through high school and college. So I wanted it helped me want to know more and learn more and to work with these people. I mean, it just, it was um, something that is instilled when you, within you that you don't, somebody just can't tell you and you learn it in school. You have to do it. Yeah. And that did have an impact. Of, I worked for a newspaper. I worked different things. I was in the Marine Corps. You know, so it gave me that foundation, and it's interesting that in your experience, you noticed or had reason to notice the differences between, say, your experience and a migrant worker experience, mm -hmm. and even your experience as a woman working on the farm and your brother as mm -hmm. a man. I mean, is that something that was noticeable to you when you were working in tobacco? Oh, there was definitely barriers There was, and the way people were treated, um, and there were social classes, you know, difference, you know, like my brother was a straw boss, right? Um, different pay, different way of treating him. Um, I think for the people that were working, we were all the same. There was no discrimination. Um, for the people that were trying to be our bosses, I'm sure they had set groups of things that they were looking at or you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Discriminate discriminatory kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. We we didn't really have a lot of information. We didn't have a lot of um interaction with the people that were our bosses except for them to tell us to hurt, you know, get the stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any stories you want to share that are significant to you from your time working in tobacco? I think I think at the time that we all felt like we were doing something that was important with where we all were in history and time with the way that you know where the United States was and the growth of like farming and labor and that that was important um the cha the the change of the labor laws be because of kids working on tobacco that changed um, they raised the age to 14. They stopped, I, I'm sure that they stopped the, um, the hours. I'm, I don't, I don't think people were working six days a week anymore. Change the way you look at how jobs should be. Does that, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I'm interested in the, the story about you getting fired. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you could maybe tell that story in a more detailed way because I'm interested in, for example, not only just what happened, but then, you know, so this event happens, you tell someone off for harassing you. How is it that you get fired? What are you told? That's a good question. 
and and really I wasn't told anything. I was just told don't come to work anymore. They did not. There was no discussion. So someone basically cat called you. Yeah, and there was yeah, inappropriate, you know, consistent kind of um language mm-hmm. that that wasn't good. And and don't forget they were um as I said we learned a lot of Spanish words and we all knew them by the time the end of the summer. Um so it was very derogatory. Um and when they told me not to come back to work, I there was I was flabbergasted. And and you see there was no recourse and no one there was no talking to the other person uh, you know to get there was none of that. None there was no that. HR. No. No. No mediator. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, you know. Yeah. But well, I just got to signal that we're coming to okay. the end of our time, but is there anything you want to share before we close? I believe that every kid should do something like this kind of job to appreciate what what we do and and working, you know, and going to school and making choices and getting along with people. I think it was vital. It was a very good experience. Hmm. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. 